Hello, and welcome back to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. Today, we're going to do part two on my series about allergies. I hope you're checking in to get that. If this is your first time with me, then you don't have to go back and listen to allergies part one, but it might be some good information for you to do. Let me try to give you an idea about what it is that I do with my podcast. I try to give you some good information, information that's useful, helpful, safe, and effective. I am not one of those people that has an agenda. I do not have a program. I do not have a product that I am selling. A lot of the information that you'll find out there on Facebook, on social media, the people are blogging about comes tied to some sort of a program, something that they are selling you. I have none of that. I try to go out and find the most scientific information I can get, pass it along to you so that you can have a better understanding about how to be healthy. You can take a more active role in keeping yourself healthier. That's my plan. That's what I've been doing all these weeks. That's what I'm going to do again today. Last week, I started talking about allergies, uh, and I'm going to continue with that today. If you like something that I said last week, or you like something that I say this week, or you have a question or want me to go in a different direction, please send me an email to betterhealthnowpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, see what your thoughts are, and uh, maybe I can do my next series or my next talk on something that's a little bit more uh, interesting to you. Last week, we talked about the fact that spring was here. Uh, We got a lot of pollen floating around in the air, and of course, so many people are getting that spring fever thing going on. What do we do? What's going on, and what can we do about that? Well, the first place that most of you are going to look is, of course, the internet, because there's marvelous information out there. I want you all to go out right now and do a Google search for how to boost your immune system. If you want to get back with me about three weeks from now, after you've tried to read through all the 200,000 pages of citations, we could do that, but I doubt any of you have the time for that. There's just a a whole boatload of stuff out there, and it's really not all that important. And most of it, to be honest with you, is people selling you stuff. I'm going to try to narrow this down just a little bit and condense it so that we can make some, some heads and tails of this so it can become useful for us. I've picked out a couple of the sources that I think are really reputable, uh, and I want to talk about what they have to say when it comes to allergies and immunity. We know we're going to get them. We know lots of people are getting them. There's plenty of products in the grocery stores and the pharmacies that are aimed at taking care of the symptoms that we get from the spring fever, from the seasonal allergies. I'm not complaining about any of those products. They're helpful. Take them if you need to. If you, if you want to get some other thoughts, though, that's what I want to talk about today. WebMD, for example, lists six specific things that you can do when you look at boosting your immune system. They say that getting adequate sleep is very essential. Your immune system works best when you're getting adequate sleep. Their recommendation is seven to nine hours of sleep per night. They're not entirely certain why, but we all sort of know that getting enough sleep would be a good thing. I've done an earlier podcast on sleep. You can go back and listen to that. Sleep is definitely important. Many people, when they are not getting enough sleep, find out that their seasonal allergies tend to be a little bit worse. And everything that WebMD says makes an awful lot of sense, and it's kind of basic. The second thing they say is that regular exercise. Now, we're not talking about going out and doing Ironman training. We're not talking about going out and doing marathon training or starting that kind of thing. If you're fighting with some seasonal allergies, that kind of excessive training or real intense training is probably actually going to lower your immune response and make it easier for your body battle with the seasonal allergies, and you're not going to feel as good. Good, healthy exercise is a good thing. We kind of know that too, right? There's not a real big surprise there. What about our diet? There are certain things in our diet that we know to be healthy. Exactly what does that mean? One of the things we've talked about in past episodes, uh, we, we sort of get a good idea about what our good diet should be. If you're not getting a good diet, and this time of the year especially, 
probably going to be harder for you to fight off those seasonal allergies. Stress. That's another issue. This is kind of a generic list, isn't it, folks? WebMD says exercise, sleep, diet, stress, all those things. Make sure they're working in your favor as opposed to working against you because if they're working against you, the seasonal allergies are going to be worse for you. Not a big surprise. Do whatever you can to decrease your stress. Uh, kind of a no-brainer if you ask me, folks. What about your relationships? People who are healthy and have better relationships seem to have better immune system response. Again, this is a no-brainer. We know this. They're not giving us any real deep insight here, but it is some basics. The last thing that they talk about before I go off this is laughing because laughter helps boost your immune system. Really what WebMD is saying to you is not, here's how to make your immune system work better. WebMD is saying, these are some things that if not working properly, will make your immune system and your immune response work worse. Your immune response will not be as good if you are not getting enough sleep, if you are not having a good healthy diet, if you're not getting regular exercise. That's not telling you to have your immune system work more. It's just telling you ways to prevent it from working more poorly. And that's going to be the key. If we move from WebMD to Prevention Magazine, Prevention Magazine wants to talk a lot about foods, very specifically about foods. The benefits of probiotics, things like yogurt. The benefits of eating garlic, eating oats and barley. There's some chemicals in there that help our immune system work a little bit better. The benefits of eating shellfish, chicken soup even, some of the different kinds of teas, the benefits of eating the zinc that comes in our beef, fortified cereals because of vitamins and minerals and nutrients, orange fruits and vegetables, mushrooms, kefir or kefir, whatever, however you pronounce that, and fatty fish. Again, they're saying that these are foods that if we are deficient in some of the nutrients in these foods, our body's immune response will be more poor. Not that Eating these foods more often makes our immune system work better, but our immune system will work more poorly if we are deficient in these things. Not a real big surprise, but also not really what you all thought you were going to be hearing today, right? Moving on to what Harvard Health has to say, another great source. All these are great sources and the information is good. Do you see a trend here? Nobody's telling you that you can make your immune system work better. They're just telling you things to avoid because if you're doing these bad things, it's going to work worse. And Harvard Health comes right along and says the exact same kind of stuff. Don't smoke. We know that smoking impairs our body's ability to fight off infections. And we don't want our immune system to be poorly responsive at this time of the year. They talk about eating a diet high in fruits and vegetables, exercising regularly, getting a healthy weight, drinking alcohol in moderation if you do drink, adequate sleep, taking steps to avoid infection like washing your hands. Good idea there. And trying to minimize stress. Again, all of those things are simply removing the barriers to the immune system working properly. There really is not a good recommendation out there to try to make your immune system work more. We don't want an overactive immune system. In fact, allergies, allergic responses represent an overreaction of the immune system to a foreign substance, to an allergen. We breathe something in and our body overreacts to it. Why do we want to tell our body our body's immune system to work more. We want to tell our body's immune system to work appropriately, selectively, properly. When it encounters something, it should respond the way that it should normally act. We want a normally functioning, functioning immune system. The things that WebMD, Prevention, and Harvard Health were talking about are things that are slowing down and, and tearing down our immune response. It's not responding the way that it should. A lot of folks are saying that if we have an overactive immune system, it's leading us toward autoimmune type diseases. 
if we live in a state where our immune system is constantly, constantly primed to be activated, we are living in an, a type of an inflammatory state, and that can lead us toward an inflammatory lifestyle, blood vessels, and parts of our body that stay inflamed on a regular basis and make it easier for things like cardiac events, vascular events, blood vessel problems, health issues that we really don't want to have. So it's not a good idea to have an immune system that is overly active. We want an immune system that works properly. What we're talking about here is neuroimmunology. Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh describes it this way, and I quote, in a healthy child, the central nervous system communicates with the immune system signaling it to react when an infection or other stressor attacks the body. The immune system response is what keeps us from getting sick or rallies the body to recover from an illness, end quote. That's what we're really talking about here. The proper response of the brain and the immune response that comes from our immunity. There's no organ in the body that is the host of our immune response. Our immune system is sort of spread out through the entire body. But it does communicate with the brain, and the brain does have a response when we encounter something. So what we really want is for our neuroimmune system to communicate properly so that when we come in contact with something, we get the correct and adequate response. We don't want to be deficient in a lot of the nutrients that make our body work properly, let alone nutrients that make our immune system work properly. And we certainly don't want anything in there that's keeping our neurologic tissue from responding properly. We don't want to see problems with our central nervous system with our brain, our spinal cord, or our peripheral nerves because that's the way the brain communicates with the body and that's the way the immune system communicates back with the brain. We want to make sure that when we encounter something in, in the world, an allergen, some pollen, some dust, our body recognizes it as foreign and responds appropriately to flush it out of the body as quickly as it can. Appropriately, timely, not in an overreaction, but not in an underreaction as well. There are some people out there that say that this neurologic response uh, is non-existent. Uh, back in 2016, they came out with an article that they have discovered and they feel now that we kind of need to re re rewrite some of our textbooks, there's a lymphatic system that runs into the brain. This is a marvelous new discovery because it opens new doors for us. As we do more research, we gain new knowledge and it raises new questions. And it kind of seems silly because every time we take one step forward, we open up three doors that we realize we haven't even started to look at. What does this lymphatic system do? Is it Does it play any kind of a role in things like accumulation of proteins in the brain, amyloid proteins that they think now are responsible for Alzheimer's disease? Do they think that this can lead to infections in the brain and could be a, a reason why some people's brains end up with MS? We have lots of questions about this and, and not a whole lot of answers yet, but that's what's exciting about it. We're they're doing research. I'm not doing research. The people that know this kind of stuff are doing research. This new discovery first came out back in 2016, and they've been talking about it and trying to figure out exactly what it means and exactly how we respond to it. But it does appear that we have found that sort of missing link between the brain and the immune system that allows the, the brain to control and mediate our response this is the entire field of neuroimmunology. Most of neuroimmunology is focused on the diseases that affect the brain and the nervous system. The diseases that affect the immunity as it attacks the immune system, MS. There's also the proper functioning of that neuroimmune system as well. And there's departments of neuroimmunology in every hospital out there because neuroimmunology is an important thing. What we're talking about here is properly 
functioning neuroimmune system. We know the things that WebMD, Prevention Magazine, and Harvard Health say will decrease our neuroimmune response to things. And if we can take those out of our diet, if we can eliminate smoking, if we can eliminate the bad habits, if we can put this sleep in there and give our body the best chance to work properly, then we get the adequate appropriate, timely response to breathing in pollen, breathing in the flowers and the fragrances uh, that, that cause us such problems. And we will have less of an overreaction, less of an allergic reaction. Prevention Magazine, some of the other magazines are quick to talk about the alternative uh, therapies out there that claim to boost immunity. And the way they talk about doing that is kind of interesting. You've got some of the Chinese medicines that talk about balancing your, your qi or balancing your meridians if you're talking about acupuncture. Uh, those things are supposed to help with energy flow throughout the entire body. Uh, the chiropractors have talked for years about the way that the brain, the spinal cord, and, and the peripheral nervous system relates to the body. If, in fact, neuroimmunology stands on its own, and it seems like it does, and if, in fact, there is a lymphatic connection to the brain, then the proper functioning of the nervous system, whether it comes through chiropractic care to keep the spine and, and nervous system working properly, or Chinese medicine by looking at your qi and your meridians, if those things do in fact work, then they will give us a more appropriate and more proper response when we breathe in allergens and foreign substances, and our body will have less of a tendency toward allergies than if we don't have the proper immune response or if we have deficiencies in our diet, deficiencies in the vitamins and minerals that we should be having to have a properly functioning neuroimmune system. So the most important thing for us is to, to look at this allergy thing as a big picture. If you could stay outside, stay away from being outside and stay away from the pollen, never breathe it in, you would never have an overreaction. But you're gonna have to come in contact with something. So it's not a very practical. People say, well, close your windows, run the air conditioner, get devices that filter your home. Not a bad idea, but it's not gonna be perfect and you're still gonna be getting that stuff in. So rather than avoiding asking your body to react to stuff, let's ask the body to react to it properly. Let's give the body the foods, the rest, the stress management that it needs to be healthy. Being healthy is probably the best defense about almost every disease process we have out there. If we can stay healthier, give our body the chance to respond appropriately when we come in contact with pollen, allergens, colds and flus, then our system responds to its best, the best of its ability and appropriately fights off allergens, bacteria, colds, and flus. Get the sleep that we need, get the nutritional ideas that we need. Take the safety issues that I thought was kind of interesting that um, Harvard Health was the only one that said, wash your hands on a regular basis. I don't think we should go around licking doorknobs during cold and flu season. I don't think we should go licking doorknobs anytime, but we can come in contact with more germs and maybe cutting down on our contact with germs is a, is a pretty darn good idea. It should help us with less demand on our neuroimmune system. And letting it work at its appropriate, timely, and selective nature gives us the better chance and the best chance to avoid those overreactions and the allergic responses, and hopefully make us less likely to need to reach for the allergy medications and the seasonal allergy medications that a lot of us have to do at this time of the year. Get out there and get healthy. We've talked about sleep, we've talked about diet, we've talked about stress, we've talked about the proper amounts to drink. We've talked about a lot of those things on, in the podcast. All of them lead to sort of this, this as the linchpin. Our bodies need to work well. How do we make them work well? 
well, don't make them work poorly for starters. Number two, give them what they need. And then from the mental side of things, plug in as much stress relieving, good relationship laughter that we can to give us the best chance to work properly. If we can do all those things, we can have a more properly functioning neuroimmune response to things. We can have a better response when it's spring fevers are hitting everybody up. Knowing this information and putting it into practice is gonna take some time. It's gonna take some changes. Find the one thing that you're not doing as well and start working at that. If you need to get a better, little bit better sleep every night, especially at times when you fight off allergies more poorly. You're not, you're not fighting off allergies well, get to sleep. You know your diet suffers at this time of the year, make your diet a little bit better. You know you're more stressed out, definitely don't have two things fighting against you. Don't be stressed out and getting poor sleep. If you know you're more stressed out, get some extra rest. Let's attack those things that WebMD says and Harvard Health says so that we give our chances the best chance to be healthier and we have our most active role toward better health now. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope to talk to you next time.